about the mindset. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. I know our ushers are busy, but they'll try to get you one. We'll try to move in that direction. We've been talking about the mindset. Now, our main, our main scripture is uh, Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we're, we are working through the Bible, the Word of God, and we're allowing the Word of God to change our mindset. I want to start tonight with a video. We got that first video. You guys are going to be shocked with me. We got two videos for you tonight. We're going to show the first one. This is a good one right here. This kind of goes in line with what we've been talking about. So just watch this here. Praise the Lord. That's good. That's real good right there. That, that is what we're talking about in a nutshell. So listen, don't allow life to, to identify you. Let the Word of God begin to identify you. And I don't care how bad you've messed up in life, how much shame you have tonight, God still has plans for you. He's still got greatness for every one of them, but we've got to get our mind renewed to that and start thinking and saying, some of those scriptures that he said, I believe it's important. You start speaking those things. Over. I am God's masterpiece. God loves me. If God be for me, who can be against me? And so it's just filling myself up on the word of God. Now, go with me to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. We talked last week about forgiveness. And our, our uh, word we needed to put in is, is I, I am not easily offended and I forgive quickly. Now that was last week, but you know what? We're going to sit on it another week. I, I couldn't get away from it. There were some things that I believe God wants to get on the inside of us. So let's just begin tonight here in Philippians chapter 1, verse number 9. Philippians 1, verse 9. And this I pray that your love may abound. Now think about this. That your love may abound. That it doesn't sit dormant. And it doesn't go backwards. But it takes off and it abounds. How? Still more and more in knowledge and discernment. Now when I begin to look at knowledge, what does knowledge have to do with my mind? My mind. And so... When I begin to renew my mind with the love of God, this has to become my mindset that daily I'm going to abound in love. I'm going to begin to live in it. Now, this has got to be a thought, guys. I've got to start making a conscious effort to say I'm going to abound in love. Is that easy to do? I, I believe it can be. When we start changing our mindset and start focus on it daily and, and, and keep doing it day by day. Now look what he says in verse 10. That you may approve the things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Now the Amplified says, not stumbling nor causing others to stumble. Now you know what I believe when you tie these two verses when I make a conscious effort in my mind and it gets in my heart to have the love of God abound in my life, the love of God will, will be like a shield for me that it will keep me from walking in a fence. It will keep me. And when that fence tries to come, and remember, a fence is like a leech. It will try to bite on us and it will try to grab on us. Now we're going to talk about a forgiveness again tonight. If you got your Bible, go, go to Matthew 5. And as they're turning there, uh, many of you have seen this next video. I, I want to show it again. Um, I, I think at times we need to laugh. I think there's things that, that laughter can drive a point home. 
But there is a message in this video. Now, some of you have seen it, and some of you had not Show that next video. It is true. Now, we've got to begin to walk in forgiveness. Now, in, in Matthew 5, chapters 5, 6, and 7, it's the Sermon on the Mount and some of Jesus' greatest preaching. And the Sermon on the Mount is very daunting. The implications were, were enormous. And in this passage, Jesus, he, he reveals that he wasn't born just to die. He was born to teach us how to live unlike any other time. Now, in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 3, and it goes through like verse 12, it, it has all these phrases that said, Blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed is this, blessed is this. But these are called the Beatitudes. Now, when you read this, I like to say these are the Beatitudes. I got to be this even in my attitude. Now, the Beatitudes, guys... These weren't written to be little plaques that are put on your desk. And these weren't written to be little pictures that go on our wall. No, these were counter-blessings. These were conditional blessings that God said, if you'll be this, this is what I'll do. Now look at, at verse number 11 in this right here. Because contrary to, to our concept of a happy life, these challenge the basic value system. Guys, I'm going to tell you that right now. Verse 11. Blessed are you when they revile, when they insult you, and they persecute you, and they say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Now, how many have ever had stuff like that happen where you've been insulted, you've been persecuted, you've been spoken bad about, even falsely, every one of us in this room? Now, when you begin to read what Jesus says right here, he's telling us to forgive is to give mercy. It's to give mercy instead of judgment. To forgive is, is to give kindness instead of retaliation. To forgive is to pardon instead of to punish. Look what he says in verse 12. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your word in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Do you know what he's telling you? There have been a lot of people that went before us, and they were persecuted. But yet, because they got over and forgave, they were blessed. And he tells us right here, there's a reward in this. Now, skip over to, to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, and in this passage here, guys, there, there's a reoccurring theme all through the Sermon on the Mount. And you know what it is? It's forgiveness. Over and over and over, he hits forgiveness. And here we are in, in the latter part of Matthew 7, and Jesus is almost at the conclusion of this. Now, pay close attention. I'm going to read verses 12, 13, 14. It says, verse 12, Therefore... Therefore, there, that, that, uh, one translation says, So then, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. The New American Standard says, However you want people to treat you, you treat them. And, and many times, guys, we've reduced this to saying, Well, let's just be a nice person. Now, if you've been in church very long, Many times this is referred to as the golden rule. 
And Jesus has given us some insight here, and he's telling us, give just how you want to receive. Give love, give respect, give mercy, give forgiveness, because actually that's what every one of us want. Now in this passage, guys, when he starts talking about this, he's not telling this, this is how salvation is earned. He says, this is how salvation is to be lived. Right here, this, this is the, the secret he's telling me and you, the golden rule. Verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in and buy it. Now, many times, guys, when we read this passage, we've morphed this into one little thought. This is salvation. This is your ticket to heaven. And, and at times, I think, when we've even looked at this, we've had the thought that, the golden rule was just extra credit and the beatitudes were just to get more points. But in reality, none of this is true. There's a lot more involved in this than, than how we've read into it. Now read verse 14. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life and are few who find it. So I believe Jesus is telling us here more and more when I look at that. He's telling us how to live out our salvation. And how are we to do that? We are to walk out the narrow way by living the golden rule. Now, when you look at what he's talking about here, and he says the narrow way, guys, the narrow way was not ever meant to be a 30-second prayer. How do we know that? Well, in verse 14, he says, because narrow is the gate, or narrow is the way, and difficult is the way which leads to life. Now let me ask you something. Is it difficult or hard to say a 30-second prayer? There's not much difficult in that. There's not much hard about doing that. And, and right here when I read this, Jesus specified this gate... Or this road is difficult. And it's interesting, he says, that only a few go in this way. Now, when Jesus says this gate is difficult, he's the one who invites us to go on this gate. And I don't believe Jesus would ever invited us to live this way if it wasn't possible or achievable. He just says, few ever find it. Now, Jesus himself, he lived this life to the point of death. This was the illustration he wanted me and you to understand. This was not how we get to heaven. But this is how we're supposed to live here and now. And when I look at this more and more. He's talking about guys. To love is to forgive. Just as we want people to treat us. And when he talked about this. The conduct was that of love. And he's telling us here, guys, that, that it may be a condition of my heart, but you've also got to start setting your mind, I'm going to live this way. I'm going to begin to treat others exactly the way that I wanted it to be treated. And when I begin to do that, I'll, I'll tell you guys, it will change the way I look at other people. If I knew in my heart the very way that I treated Ernest 
was going to be the way I would be treated back, man, it would change me. But I don't believe we've really believed the Scriptures. We've never really lived this and walked this way. Now look at verse 13. Let's really look at this. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Now, when I read this, and he says there are many on this road, think about this. It, it, it seems like the right way. The, the easy way, the popular way. A way that's endorsed by society. But notice where this road leads to. He says this way leads to destruction. It's the road to ruin. And, and when I begin to look at this more and more, and, and he, he ends with this in that verse, there are many who go in by it. Many. Why do we think most people on this road are in this type of condition? I believe he's trying to tell us here, guys. The reason so many people are on this road that are in the con this, this condition because it's the easy way. It's the road that leads to destruction. And when I, I look in the scriptures, things that cross-reference, Matthew 24, 10, it says, In these last day, many will become offended. Many will become offended. And when he says here on this road, there'll be many on it. I look right now, so many people in our society, so many people even within our churches, we live offended. We live with unforgiveness. And he's telling us here, guys, I can't keep going down this road. Because every time I do, I open the door to the enemy. I tell you guys, God cannot bless you. He cannot bless me when I harbor unforgiveness and I hold on to offense. I think this many times in our life, not always, but I think many times when we have sickness upon sickness upon sickness, I think a lot of times, guys, it's because we haven't gotten rid of unforgiveness. God is wanting to heal us, and He's wanting to heal us. But remember, to hold on to offense, there can be a stumbling block. Now, guys, I'm not saying that's all the time. But when you go and you look, even when we take the, the Holy Communion, the communion elements there in, in 1 Corinthians, it says that before we partake of those, we are to judge our hearts. We are to examine our hearts. And it says specifically in that passage, for this reason, many are sick and even to the point of death. Now, in my own life, that, that when I have symptoms in my body or sickness, and I begin to pray, and I'll lay hands on myself. I'm laying hands on myself all the time in the name of Jesus. But if things don't begin to move and, and my body doesn't start recovering, guys, I realize I've got something in me. I've become the stumbling block that God is not able to move into my life like He wants. Now right here, you know what Jesus is telling us? You can live this way. And the majority of people are going to be on this road, this highway called the wide road. But it does lead to destruction. He's warning you here. 
Now, look what he goes on to say there in, in verse 14 again. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. You know why I think he's telling us it's difficult? Because to live a life that forgives, to live a life that treats others like I wanted to be to treat, you go upstream. You're going against the grain. You're going against the flow. Just, just watch society, how angry are, how much unforgiveness, how much offense people hang on to, and it bottles the things of God up in every one of us. Now go back just a couple pages to Matthew 5 where we started. The narrow road, guys, I believe he's trying to tell us is Christ-like. I got to follow the example that Christ gave. And listen, guys, it's, so, it's not so much about me knowing Scripture. And it's not so much about me even preaching about this. But it's about me doing it. It's about me living it. See, it's very easy for every one of us to be able to quote Scripture. And we know what we ought to do, but we're better at telling everybody, this is what the Word of God says. Now, I'm not going after you. I've been there before. Many times when you preach on this line, you know what you're thinking? I wish Sister Bucketmouth was here tonight. She really needs to hear this. And it's easy for us to look at everybody else and say, I wish Brother Longtongue was here. This would really do him good. But in reality, I've got to look at my own life. And I think, you know what? I want to live. I want on the road that leads to life. I like that. A highway of life. And the only way that happens is when I don't allow that, for, uh, that unforgiveness to take root in me. Because when it starts taking root, it's like I talked about a week ago, it becomes a leech. And you know what a leech does? It'll suck the life out of you over a period of time. What is poison? I mean, what is unforgiveness? It's an inward poison. It, it, it'll get you nervous. If you remember this last week, I shared about a woman who came to church years ago who... Just one of the worst lives I've ever seen in my life. And I told her, if you guys saw her right now, you would see the love of God on this woman. It was incredible how God, and I would look and I think, there's a woman who understands forgiveness. You want to hear something really interesting? I hadn't heard from her for probably two years. I got a letter from her today. And they threw that on my desk, and I looked, and it said, she said, I've been thinking about writing you and telling you what's going on. And I sat there and thought, I talked about you last week. I mean, it, it kind of dumbfounded me, but I think, again, the Lord was saying to me, listen, remember how she lived. Now, pick up with me here in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 43. And I want you to look real close what Jesus says here. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now get this, guys. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now if you'll note there, those were Jesus' words. And Jesus is telling us right there, this is the key ingredients, guys, to keep that unforgiveness from rooting in you and that offense from leeching on. 
What do I got to do? Bless those who curse you. How do you bless anybody? Out of the words of your mouth. You begin to bless them. What does it say for? That you, you uh, do good to those who hate you. Do good to them. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Now once again, listen real close. Is this easy? No. I believe, guys, this right here is why Jesus said, difficult is this road and few are who find it. Not impossible, but it becomes the mindset, I've got to walk in love. I've got to walk in forgiveness. I've got to keep that in front of me. And the more I meditate on that and keep my heart right, guys, and I'm going to tell you, there's a peace in my heart and there's a flow. There's a flow. Most of you, if you've ever prayed with me very much, you'll hear one of the first things I begin to do when I pray is I start repenting. I'll start repenting, man. I mean, anything that starts rising, Father God, I repent. If I've done anything to dishonor you, I repent. If I've treated people ugly, I repent today. You know why? Man, I, I can't allow that unforgiveness, but also I start forgiving others. You know why? Jesus said this, freely you receive, freely give. Now, look what he goes on to say in verse 45. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. You know what he's telling me here? You want to be a son? Learn to walk in forgiveness. And right here it is in a nutshell. Verse 46. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do you not even think the tax collectors do the same? And the tax collectors were viewed as the scum of their time. And he goes on to say, For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Listen, therefore you shall be perfect. You know what that word perfect means? It does not mean flawless in your moral nature, but it means an all-inclusive love. And he says this, just as your Father in heaven is perfect, specific to having a nature like my Father, and you know what that is? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. You know what Father God does with it? He forgives us. That God's mercy is new every day. That we sang on Sunday, the love of God goes on and on and on and on and on. So right here, he's beginning to tell us, this is the lifestyle. This is what we got to begin to do. Narrow is the road that leads to life. Few are on it. Few ever find it. I want to end in the book of John, chapter 20. John, chapter 20. I saw a bumper sticker one day, and I've never forgot it. You know what it said? It said, I like your Christ. I just don't like your Christians. They're so unlike their Christ. And I looked at that, and it, it got me. And see, it's one thing to talk about being a Christian. It's another thing to live it. I heard a tape the other day. And this, this is the title. Separation of church and hate. 
And we should be the ones that are separated from hate and bitterness and unforgiveness. And you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist tonight to realize there's a big election coming in a few weeks. But I'm going to tell you guys right now, I will not hate. I will not get into unforgiveness. You know what I've come to understand? That even if I disagree with people, God still created them. And you know what? I can tell you in here right now, every one of us in this room, we're probably never going to see eye to eye. You know, I had a guy say that one day to me. He said, you know what, Pastor? I don't see eye to eye on everything you say. And I looked at him and said, you know what? I respect that. But I said, I sure don't see eye to eye on everything you do either. And it tilted him. He looked at me and said, you don't? And I said, no, but I still love you. And so I believe, you know, and I, I'm praying. I'm praying the kingdom of God for our nation. That God blesses it. But also I realize, you know what? we got to love. I mean, we can do more damage as Christians. You know, a lot of times, you know why people don't want to be Christians? Because you are. You know why your families don't want to get born again? Because you're the example. You're the poster child. And when they hear you come in the room and talk about how bad you hate Aunt Sally, and you hold on to a fancy, and this is what happens. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and you start loving them and, and just walking in forgiveness. And you know what? One of my greatest strengths is, and a lot of you need to get a hold of this tonight, James 1.19, mark it on your heart. What does that say, Pastor? Be swift to hear and slow to speak. You know what that means? Shut up. Some of my greatest times in my life when I hear the Lord say, just be quiet. You know how God, God figured that out for my life? He told me one day, he said, if I wanted you to talk so much, I would have gave you two mouths and one ear. That was a huge revelation to me. But so much of what we do, guys, becomes offensive. I'm not going to be offensive. The, the Bible says, go through life without offense that you don't offend because you're going to reap it now. Ooh, I got off here. James 20. John 20. John 20. Let's start in verse 20. John 20, 20. And then the same day at evening, being the first day of week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when Jesus had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. Now listen. Jesus is, is, is declaring to them their commission. He said, listen, boys, just as my Father sent me, I'm sending you. Now look what he goes on to say. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You know why I believe Jesus said this? It was pretty much saying, listen, boys, you're going to need it. You're going to need the Holy Spirit because he's going to have to help you in this area of your life. How do I know? Because he went on this journey through life. And remember, Jesus didn't come just to die. He came to show us how to live. Look what it says, verse 23. Get this. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, what does that mean? The message says, if you don't forgive, what are you going to do with it? In other words, if you don't forgive... What do you plan to do with that unforgiveness is in you? 
And I love the King James. It says this, that you will either be a remitter or a retainer. You know what a remitter is? I'm getting that junk out of my life. I'm getting rid of that stuff because he was telling them, you retain it. I tell you, the things of God won't ever work for me or for you. Stand on your feet with me. Ooh, I got to move. Stand on your feet here. Now, I, I, don't, I don't speak this, guys, to tell you what you got to do.